Hello, and welcome to episode 65 <gasps> of the Partial Historians. <laughs> I am your gracious host, Dr. Greenfield, and beside me, ready to rumble, <laughs> Always. <laughs> is Dr. Radness. Indeed. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, we left it on quite a cliffhanger. We, we? did. Mm. And, uh... Such a cliffhanger, in fact, that I don't want to talk about my trip to Italy or Rome or anything. I want to talk about Coriolanus. Fair enough. So join us, listeners, as we once more delve into the history of Rome from the founding of the city. And today, kicking off with Coriolanus's famous, not last words, but... (laughs) If only they were. They are yet to come. They're kind of the beginning of the end, I think. (laughs) If we haven't actually got to that point already. <laughs> Look, he's still got some steam in his sails, oh, yeah. some wind in his turbines. <laughs> you know, I, I could continue with attempting mixed he metaphors. He is a bag of hot air. <laughs> ooh, ooh, and how he blows. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I'm kind of juggling accounts of Livy and Plutarch. Plutarch being a little bit more stretched out because it's totally focused on Coriolanus. Livy being a little bit shorter. And more to the point. Uh, truncated yes. in true the villain style. Yes. Um, I'm reading Dionysius of Halicarnassus, still yeah. um, <laughs> beginning to wonder about the wisdom of my selection I'm here. still really <laughs> cheering that <laughs> I, I made you be the one to read Dionysius. And the things I've read. I'll stop laughing, though, when Dionysius runs out. <laughs> uh, I'll just switch into yeah. Dionysius. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Exactly. Um, but where we were at the end of the last episode was this sort of cliffhanger moment yes. uh, where uh, Coriolanus has sort of um, he's he's in trouble really yeah. um, and the Senate is not really sure that they want to endorse his position because he's very strictly against the plebeians at this point in time. Yeah, like he doesn't just dislike them he wants to take back all the rights they've gained and yeah. put it, he wants to basically rewind the clock yeah. To ground zero. <laughs> yeah. Classic conservatism is like, none of this. The plebeians don't deserve it. Yeah. Keep the grain price high. Yeah. Let them starve if they can't pay because they need to know who's really in charge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Senate has distanced themselves somewhat yes. from that position, being like, look, you know, maybe gentleness, kindness might be the way forward. Yeah. Um, the tribunes have agreed that, sure, kindness sounds like a great idea. Um, <laughs> but how about a little bit come our way? <laughs> yeah. And they'd just like to hear Coriolanus uh, agree that kindness is the way forward. Yeah. So this is the moment we we're up to where Coriolanus is at last going to speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yes. And, and does he speak? Yeah. Well, see, um, I might start with my version because I know it's going to be shorter than yours. <laughs> um Basically, he comes out to defend himself in Plutarch's account. Um, But of course, he's not mild, he's not modest or humble in the the true sense of those words, I think. Um, Basically... He seemed he just comes out with a fairly bold position. He never really backtracks. Um, you know, he's not like super apologetic or anything for anything he said. It's basically <laughs> um, Plutarch sort of frames it as being it's so bold that it's almost denouncing <laughs> his <laughs> opponents. Um, and yeah, he's really not. He doesn't seem to be at all afraid to the point where what he's saying makes the people who had been sort of 
they'd sort of been coming over to the side of things of okay, maybe we maybe we were being a bit extreme, you know. <laughs> forgive us. Um, that they're kind of like, oh, for goodness sakes, how can we forgive this person? He's just provoking us even further. Um, and and this leaves Sycinius, um, who's you know the seemingly the most vocal of, of the, the tribunes, tribunes yeah. yeah. Um, to sort of confer with his colleagues and say, right, you know what? This guy deserves to be put to death right here, right now. Let's take him to the Tarheim Rock and just throw him freaking off. <laughs> We've got a place for people like you. Exactly, yeah. It's at the bottom of the room. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of my account of things. Okay, yeah. so I think that to, to a large degree lines up with what I've got from Dionysus of Halicarnassus. Yeah. Um, so Sucinius uh, has basically incited... Um, Coriolanus to speak and he's like I just want to hear you say that you've changed your position yeah. um, are you really going to let the senate speak on your behalf is that what a real patrician Roman would do <laughs> nice. and and at that moment Coriolanus who's been standing there maybe looking attempting to look mild but maybe failing I'm guessing I'm thinking <laughs> he looks kind of just like great yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably looking annoyed pissed off yeah. is like thrown back his arms, step forward, and being like, I'm not taking him back a single word. (laughs) Not a word of it. I don't deny what I said. I don't repent what I've said. And I'm not going to appeal to the gods for any mercy. Not only that. Not only that. Wait for it. I absolutely refuse to acknowledge that you have any lawful right to tell me what I can and cannot do. At the risk of dating this episode for future listeners, I once more kind of feel a Trump vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sorry, continue. I'm going to hope that Trump is a footnote to history. That's true. But we will see. It remains to be seen. We'll look back on this and laugh uproariously. (laughs) Or not, depending. In any case, he basically says, look, I don't think the tribunes have this capability. I refuse to acknowledge that you have any lawful claim over anything that I do. And not only that, I'm actually ready to stand trial according to the laws that do count in this fair land. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. At that point, you know, it's a bit of a tumult. Yes. Everybody's going a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, obviously, the the people are being characterized in this account as like sort of like, you know, merely at the whim of whoever's good at rhetoric. Yeah. So the first one way they're like, oh, yes, maybe maybe we have been unkind. Maybe yeah. we could be more lenient with yeah. this guy. And then they're like, wait, wait a minute. Our tribune who's standing up for us is angry. Yeah. We're angry too. <laughs> you know. Sheep. Bah. <laughs> and, and we see a similar sort of separation of people in the public space that we saw earlier where right. a whole bunch of those young upstart patricians are like, yeah, he's our man. <laughs> I'm with this guy. Gaiolinus, Gaiolinus, <laughs> he's our man. If he can't do it, no one yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the plebeians are sort of like, yeah, he's the bitterest of all of our enemies. We need to get rid of him now. And the mm. tribunes are like, yeah. <laughs> from the rock. Throw him from the rock. Yeah, see, at this point, this is where the Adiles go to seize Coriolanus to mm. carry out this execution um, you know, right there and then. Mm. And that's when, you know, as you, as you say, like every, everything's very confusing because the patricians are horrified. They're like, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> and they just, they're just like, what? And even yeah, in Plutarch's account, even the plebeians think 
wait a second, this might be getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, some of them do. Yeah. I mean, you've got the Adiles. They're, again, attempting to go for the arrest moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's at that point where the consuls step in mm-hmm. and they get the lictors involved. Ooh. Yeah. The guys this with the rods and the axes. The Thaskes. Yeah. This is getting now hardcore. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Like, keep everybody separated, you know? And the lictors are just then, like, delegated to crowd control. And everybody's like, oh, the lictors are involved. And that that's kind of a calming moment for people. They're like, They're like, oh... Those guys have been deployed. This, this is, is this is serious. I don't know if I want to keep chasing that guy down to throw him off a rock right now. That's interesting because the patricians obviously sort of try and rush to um, Coriolanus's aid um, in Plutarch's version of things, and then the friends and family of the tribunes basically seem to talk them out of executing him then and there in Plutarch's account. Yeah, so we see a little bit of this right. in, in Dionysius's account, and uh-huh. it's attributed to Brutus. Right. Um, okay. You know, he always like seems to step in in this period of time to save the day. Yeah. And he's like, you know... Ah, those Brutuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so while all of this sort of chaos is playing out, it seems that like everybody sort of backs down from the, the really aggressive position yeah. once the lictors have, have gotten involved. And everybody sort of disperses to go away and really think about their position again. Yeah. And it's at this point where Brutus sort of rocks up to Sicinius and is like, all right, do you really want to go through with this? Because the way you're trying to do it at the moment is illegal. Yeah. Because if you just, if you keep going and you keep rousing up the crowd and you go for this, like, trial by violence and you just throw him off the rock, yeah. he hasn't had proper due process. Right, yeah. This is going to work against you in the long term. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of the same point that's, that's made here, apparently, by the friends and family of the Tribune. Um, they're basically saying, if you do this, it's going to mean that lots of other patricians will die because it's essentially going to sort of break out into civil conflict. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, will on, in, you will ensure civil war exactly, if you keep yeah. following this On path. top of which, as you said, this is illegal. You're putting him to death without a trial. Um, and he has said he's happy to go to trial. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, so, he's been pretty arrogant about it, yeah. but he has agreed to a trial. Yeah, and so it's at this point in Plutarch that the tribunes refer his case to the people. Um, they decide, yeah, okay, maybe we should do things according to procedure. (laughs) Um, And so Coriolanus is ordered to stand trial. Um, And the patricians are still kind of upset that the plebeians had actually felt that they seemingly could drag off such a prominent citizen and put him to death. Like, even the intent seems to have really rattled them. The power of the mob! Yeah, exactly. And Sycinius is still, um, you know... (laughs) So he seems to still be sort of raring to go and like being like to the petitions, you know what? Why did you stop us? Like, why did you stop the Pavians from, you know, <laughs> punishing Coriolanus? It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so a lot of this sort of um, Sicinius's shift in position yes. um, is basically attributed to his conversations with Brutus. Yeah. Okay. And once he has sort of uh, realized that actually it will be much more effective and a much more binding decision and an indictment on Coriolanus and perhaps the patrician class in general if he can push through to this trial yeah he's like he goes back to the people and he's like look I'm here let me give you a little speech you know (laughs) let's let's talk this through and he's like let's take the higher ground here let us show that we choose to surpass in reasonableness rather than violence our yeah. fellow citizens who injure us. Yeah. And he's like, if we follow this to its legal conclusion, 
um, he will get the punishment he deserves. Yeah. Now, at this point, Plutarch says that, okay, so the patricians are kind of happy because they've obviously got to... They've got to keep Coriolanus. <laughs> they got to take him home, feed him, pet him. <laughs> nice Coriolanus. <laughs> yeah, Good yeah, Coriolanus. Yeah. Um, but they decide to apparently undertake a campaign um, against Antium because they're hoping that this will kind of pacify the people before the trial of Coriolanus. Oh, okay. So this works out very differently in my narrative. Okay, so yeah, you yeah. go with your version. And well, then... that, that's pretty much what it is. They, <laughs> they go. They go on campaign. Um, they're kind of hoping, in a sense, I think, that maybe this campaign would last for a fairly long time, and by the time it was all over, the people would kind of be willing to negotiate or something. Um, but it seems there's pretty... a very speedy yeah. campaign against Antium, and so that plan doesn't really pan out. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to say that I think that Dionysius's account of yes. these events is a little bit more plausible. Yeah, well, that um, does sound a little... Because the last thing I think that you would want at this point is to attempt to shoehorn some of these people onto a campaign well, exactly. when they're already starving. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why they're starving is yeah. partly based on the amount War. of campaigns yeah. they've been on. I know, it doesn't seem the most And it's like, thing, how yeah. are you going to convince them that that would be a good idea? Exactly, I know. They've already had to be, you know... <laughs> basically cajoled to do anything at this point in time. It's kind of why Coriolanus has come into conflict with them. Yeah, so uh, from Dionysius's perspective, this plays out in, in a completely sort of like random kind of way. It's yeah. like the elements of fate. It's like, but it's pretty hilarious um, from a narrative perspective. Um, so uh, the consuls first get together. So Sicinius has talked to the plebeians. He's like, look, let's push ahead for this trial. No more violence for now. You know, I'll let you know when you can, like, really go at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold it in the bag for now. Yeah. The consuls uh, get together. They assemble the Senate. And they're like, look, this we're on really shaky territory right now. Like, mm. what are we going to do? And they first of all decide that they're going to lower the price of the grain. Ooh. It's going to be very cheap, very low. Um, Finally a sensible decision. <laughs> <laughs> they're like... Look, people are pretty angry, and it's not getting better. We need to placate them. Yes. They they also need realistically yeah. need food. <laughs> yeah. So let's lower the grain price, and let's see if we can ask a favor um, from the tribunes mm. to just desist for now, um, because we've obviously got a situation where it's getting it's escalating, it's getting out of control, and maybe if we just give it some space. And they back down from their position, and they've got some food to eat. Uh, we might be able to like revisit the whole issue with this Coriolanus or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, because on some level, for from the patrician perspective, this is not really an issue. Yeah. Coriolanus hasn't broken a law. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's not really anything in particular that he needs to go on trial to defend at this point. Yeah. 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 Um, it's more that the threat of violence against his body has meant that he'd rather have everybody talk out their ideas in a public and safe area, yeah. like a trial, so he can then continue to argue that those uh, privileges that the, the plebeians have acquired can be taken off them. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's trying to open up space by arguing for a trial, opening up space to get his own political agenda through yeah. rather than defend himself from any claims of having done something that might have 
broken any particular sort of law. Well, that's right. I mean, this isn't... I'm not quite up to this bit yet, but when eventually, um, you know, the trial talk comes around again in Plutarch's account, Coriolanus essentially asks, um, what would the charges actually be? Yeah. And um, the charge... Fair enough. Yeah, they come back and say, usurpation. Now, that's not really what he's been doing, um, as far as I can see. I mean, yeah, he's being a dick. <laughs> and he's being unreasonable, but... Yeah, it, he's not really trying to, like, seize control of the state, yep. per se. Yeah. Which is what I would assume usurpation means. Maybe well, this I, is... Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll come to that later, because yeah. I'm not up to that part in my narrative Yeah, yet. yeah, fair well, um, Neither am I, really. I just... I was just sort of talking about, yeah, the future. I mean, I suppose, in a sense, because he's trying to take away the control of the the tribunes. Yeah, he's, yeah, trying, he's yeah. trying to take that he's away. He's trying to usurp the power of yeah, the tribunes I can see out of the system entirely, yeah. not for himself necessarily. Exactly, yeah. I can Indirectly. see where they're coming from, but yeah. it's kind of a weird it is. It is a little bit circular, yeah. 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 Um, but fascinatingly, um, and this is where it becomes a bit of a comedy of errors yeah. um, in Dionysius' account. Yeah. So the Senate has decided, uh, look, we'll lower the grain price, then, you know, that'll be fine. We'll ask them to, like, you know, just keep cool, eat some food, um, yeah. you know, don't be hangry. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> as sick as ads tell us, you, you know. Go. Obviously, obviously, everybody gets more mad when they're hungry. Yeah, and you know he's a douche, don't you? you yeah, exactly, oh, he yeah. says these things all the time. Um, but unfortunately, while that's happening, um, the Sicilian tyrant who sold the grain to the Romans, yes, um, has decided that while those ships have sailed away and are parked in the harbor. Uh, Antium, that he's going to then do a pirate raid, Ugh. steal the grain back. Oh dear. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, I hear there's some chaos up in Rome. Um, <laughs> and so while they're not looking, I think what we're going to do, guys, is like take our ships, raid the grain back from the people we just sold it to, and then sell it back to them again. <laughs> There's wily tyrants and pirates. Have a plan, guys. I've got a plan. And so while while that plan is being executed by the Sicilians, yeah. the Romans are like, oh no, like that's the grain we're just going <laughs> to give out really cheaply to the plebeians. This is a disaster. It'll make us look like we were full of crap. <laughs> They're like, quick, quick, round up as many people as you can. We need a campaign. We've right. got to get the grain back. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And that that does sound more realistic than just deciding to go on campaign just because. Yeah. And it turns out that, like, you know, Rome doesn't have heaps of forces right now because everybody's, like, hungry and slash unhappy or has been put into an outpost as a colonist somewhere. Yeah. Um, So the consuls (laughs) both have to go themselves um, with their own private people. Yeah. um, And try and sort this out. Um, to try and retrieve the grain and the people, because the people have also been kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then come back to the city. So this sort of uh, sense of it being like a planned campaign in order to bolster certain things um, is interesting, but I'm not sure if it's quite as amusing slash more realistic that this has crept up on the Romans. And that makes more sense. Yeah, because well, in, in <laughs> and they're like they're having a like crisis moment, being like. And the grain? Where did we put the grain? <laughs> um, um, where are the boats, guys? Where are the boats? Oh, no. Yeah, well, basically, in my account, after that Antium thing is speedily settled, apparently, um, the patricians are then like, okay, okay, regroup, guys, regroup. How are we going <laughs> to hang on to Coriolanus? Because I, I don't think that plan worked. Um, <laughs> and this is where Appius Claudius, our old friend, oh. yeah, it comes back into my narrative where he's, he's super hostile towards the people as well. 
And he's basically saying, guys, this isn't a problem. Just stand your ground, for goodness sake. You <laughs> bunch of lilies. <laughs> um, because what is wrong with Yeah, you he's all? basically saying, similar to what Coriolanus says, the Senate just needs to stand firm. Just, you know, this ridiculous, you know, oh, my God, the plebeians, <laughs> wondering what they're going to think. Just, you know, if you, if you let the plebeians walk all over you like this, you're going to be letting them impose their decisions, and that's not what this is all about. <laughs> um, whereas the older senators, um, as you've sort of been referring to, um, they seem to be the more moderate um, class sometimes. Um, they're basically saying, on the other hand, maybe we shouldn't be too harsh to the people. After all, the plebeians just feel like we don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> you know. The way you guys are talking, that's kind of true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and that's kind of what happens in, in Plutarch's yeah. account of things. So there seems to be this almost a conflict within the patrician class Definitely, about yeah. what is the value and the relationship between the patricians and the plebeians. Totally, yeah. Like, how are we best going to resolve this situation? Mm. Yeah. Indeed. And so we have this sort of moment um, where the army has been disbanded after that sort of pirate moment. Yeah. Like, okay, we're all back in Rome. Do, 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 do. And Sicinius is like, so it's time for that trial, right? Yeah. <laughs> Enough chit chat. <laughs> yeah, it's like I see we all got distracted and we've all been waiting very patiently. But uh, yeah, and this I, is where this is where Coriolanus is like, okay, but what are the charges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I propose a date. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, look, this is going to be great. This is when it's going to be. <laughs> he starts organizing it off his own bat. Um, he's so excited. Yeah, yeah. It's like the trial of Carolinus. He sends out all of his messengers to like let all the plebeians who are out in the countryside know. And he's like, be here at a certain time. We're going to get to vote on this. It's going to be important. Everyone's going to get a chance to like weigh in on this trial. It's going to be it's going to be good, people. And so like everybody's like coming back into the city and like so, uh, you know, it's going <laughs> to have uh, currently. Yeah, well, Coriolanus in Plutarch's account, um, he only agrees to go through with this trial as long as the initial charges of usurpation are not changed. So mm. as long as that's what he's up against. Presumably, this is a hint that it's going to be difficult to prove that, you know, he wants to, he wanted to actually sort of, you know, usurp the government or whatever. Um and the tribunes insist that the voting for this whole thing takes place according to like the tribes, not the centuries. So that that way the plebs aren't... Because if you, if you cast your mind back, listeners, to our um, episode on the first census and Servius Tullius and that sort of thing, you might recall that the centuries tend to be stacked in favour of the wealthy in terms of voting. Um, whereas you might have more of a chance if you vote by the tribes. By the tribes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so the tribunes are trying to sort of make sure that <laughs> they're not just going to instantly be outvoted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the way in which the vote is conducted is important mm-hmm. and is being argued about. Um, in your narratives, they've got what is the actual charge yes. open to question. Yeah, That's not even touched on at this point in my narrative from Dionysius we're just launching into like everybody talking about the trial yeah um because nobody's really settled on what might be happening here yeah um Sicinius has intimated um that they're giving that people will be voting on the liberty and safety of the entire state wow yeah (laughs) that's pretty serious (laughs) he's made it big (laughs) yeah um and he's also sent out a polite letter uh, to Coriolanus requesting that he attend if he'd <laughs> like to represent his own perspective on the issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and assuring him that he will have all the privileges uh, accorded by the law mm. um, in connection with trials. And one senses a set up of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
in the meantime, um, the consuls in the Senate are sort of like, uh, I think we should talk about what's going on here because mm. they're like, oh, maybe we should prevent this trial from happening. Yeah. Because um, they're not really sure what's going on at this point. And so they get together to have a chat about that. And we have a speech from Manukius again. Seems to be a big talker at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, look, we have to banish sedition from the state. Yeah. That is important. And we have to not engage in any rivalry with the plebeians. Um, so we can't have violent methods. Things have to be just. There must be debate. And importantly, mm. before the trial happens, the Senate ought to give a preliminary decree. Mm. This is part of traditional senatorial practice. Yeah. So he's kind of arguing, like, look, if we have this trial and we don't really know what's going on, guys, (laughs) um, what would be good is if the Senate set up everything by saying, well, as the wise elders of this grand nation, um, we propose this sort of outcome. Right. Um, Okay. So giving the, the Senate a chance to try and influence... Yeah, the, the, the way that yeah. the trial, the outcome of the trial, free on all charges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and he's like, and he sort of says this um, to the Senate and in the presence of the tribunes, and he's like, look, don't abolish this traditional, ancient, and most excellent custom that the Senate has always engaged in. Mm. Um, let us uh, make our preliminary decree. Yeah. Um, before the trial begins mm. um so Kenny says like this is so boring I cannot even begin to <laughs> um, we know what you think and he's like he's like no you've got to be kidding um and he's just like forget it you like seriously like no we're having this trial you yeah. don't you don't get to have a decree here this is not a trial that you've proposed this is a, this is a tribune trial like it's not it's yeah, different man. The people. Yeah. yeah yeah this mm. is for the people and only for the people um at that point, all of his Tribune colleagues rush up and are like, Sakinius! Sakinius! You know, get, get, get yourself off stage! Let's chat! And they're like, uh, like, no, seriously, like, this is how we can do it. Um, let us make a statement first, and then let the Senate make their statement. Mm. And so the Senate makes their preliminary statement, but we make the pre-pre-preliminary statement. <laughs> so, you know, so, so they can come after us. Just get to the <laughs> trial! <laughs> You know, so, and you know, and so they get to have what they want, and they think that's all going to be good, but man, we will talk first. We will so talk first, and we will, <laughs> and we will let any, any citizen who wants to talk first, any plebeian who wants to have a say on this trial to speak before the Senate gets to make their preliminary decree. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of like, it's like almost like the first filibuster or something. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like the detail. Oh, the detail. The detail. <laughs> it's intense. Um, and so the tribunes come back and they're like, you know, Manukius, that's probably a good idea. You should do your ancient senatorial decree preliminary stuff like you always do at trials. Sure, sure. It sounds great. You know, you know, it's, it's so interesting that we do have all these different details because, I mean, Livy is just like once again, like so different to this. I mean, <laughs> we've kind of already talked about what his uh, short account is like before, but it's just the fact that he basically has Coriolanus saying... Hmm, I don't know if the plebeians really have a say over me. I mean, it's all about the, the people. It's not really anything to do with me. Um, and then you've got the patricians trying to stop the plebeians from going to the trial mm. by using their clients. 
But they couldn't stop that from happening. Um, you know, like they couldn't stop it entirely, I think, are the exact things. And then you've got, again, the patricians saying, come on, come on, let Coriolanus go. And then you've got Coriolanus not showing up and the plebeians are unhappy. And yeah, it's just like none of this other stuff. It's, it's really confusing, as I say, to try and sort of put it all together because it just seems so different to this whole situation. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're dealing with like unprecedented levels of people not knowing what should happen or what how things should unfold. True. Yeah. And, and that's partly because Coriolanus has apparently said, well, I'm happy to stand trial, you know, rather than you just all violently throwing me off a rock. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I accept this trial that you yeah. You know, how about we talk it out? Yeah. Um, but because he hasn't really necessarily done anything, he's feeling pretty confident that that will be his way out. And yeah. then and then everybody's picking over the possibility of like, well, how does a public trial look? Yes. If if it's something that somebody wants, but we don't really know whether they've done anything. Yeah. Um. Well, that's just it. Like after you know, after saying in my in, in my kind of Plutarch um, that you know they're going to charge him with usurpation and those trials those charges can't change. Um, very quickly, it's clear that they couldn't prove usurpation. So instead, they just like sidetrack and start dwelling on the fact that Coriolanus had made this speech against making grain prices low, that he'd been against the tribune, you know, the position of tribunes. Um, and, you know, it, it very quickly sort of unravels as far as the initial charges were, you know. I can't finish yeah. the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I was letting you finish. I Sorry, was like, yeah, "Oh, this is so let, suspenseful." Let me start again. Yeah, they can't. Go, they can't follow through, and it starts to unravel. Yeah. So yeah, they have yeah. to start going down like a side track. Yeah, and it's important because, like, this is like a space in which Romans are attempting to figure out exactly who they are through the systems that they already possess, but realizing that the systems that they currently have are inadequate for dealing with the kind of disagreements and issues that they're facing yes. as, as a group. Exactly. Um, so in a sense, you can say that this whole sort of mess is, if you like, go down the Coriolanian route, if you like, and say, well, this mess would never have cropped up if we didn't have the tribunes, which is probably true. But on the other hand, you now have these tribunes of the plebs yeah. and this representation of the plebeian group um, that has to be now dealt with, and it's opening up more cans of worms. Yeah. Because it turns out that these people have been disenfranchised in every which way possible. Yeah. And if you continue to attempt to disenfranchise them when they now have a political representative, you don't get to do that yeah, exactly, yeah. Or at least not as easily as you used to be able to. Yeah, this is true. Exactly, it's not just going to be you can walk all over them. It's going to yeah. be you were going to be called yeah. to account, mister. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in uncharted waters and Coriolanus is not happy and the tribunes are not happy and the Senate is not happy and the people are not happy. Oh, yeah, well, good I mean, times. they also start to sort of dwell on in the trial as it goes forward in, in Plutarch's account, they start to dwell on the fact that um, when Coriolanus... You might, you might not recall it from the previous episode, but what Coriolanus had basically gone off um, with his clients and his volunteers on a campaign um, when the people were being difficult. I'll get the grain myself, guys. Yeah, exactly. Don't you worry about this. I've got this. Um, and he had virtuously not taken any spoils himself, um, but they now come back to this and say, well, you know, that should have been given to the public treasury, and instead you gave it to your soldiers. <laughs> so there. And this is something that sort of, Coriolanus wasn't prepared for this. Um, yeah, he thought he was doing the right thing. Exactly, he was doing the yeah. traditional thing and also the very sort of like Roman noble thing to do. Yeah, and, and so Coriolanus sort of is caught off guard and starts sort of talking about how the people who had taken part in the campaign were like so awesome. 
presumably trying to justify why they deserve the booty and not the public. (laughs) Yeah, but he's, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, you can see how this is very quickly got off track from this initial charge of usurpation. You know, it's it's really just anything that he did that was kind of a a dick move, (laughs) as far as they were concerned. They put you on trial for being a douche. Yeah, exactly. A douche. All right, well, I feel like this is a fitting end I do, to our yes, episode. Yes. What will be the verdict well. against Coriolanus? Will he manage to worm his way out of this one? <laughs> <laughs> Coriolanus, he just keeps giving more and more. Oh, goodness me. I know, I'm very Tune excited. In. I'm very excited. <laughs> Tune in next time for more.